Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Are you blessed to be here today? How many can raise a hand and say the Lord has answered many prayers? He's done so many things for us. Been so good to us. So kind to us. Hallelujah. I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity uh, to be here with you today. Uh, thank you, Your Highness, for gracing us with your presence. Uh, I know you have many things that occupy your time, and it's a blessing that you're here in the Word with us. Thank you, sir. And uh, I want to thank uh, Miss Patty and Brother James and the staff for, uh, they've been so good to us. They, uh, they gave us uh, too many mangoes and too many, <laughs> too many pineapples. We, and they're so good. They're so good. And fed us so well. We're just uh, blessed, blessed. And we're so uh, pleased to see what the Lord is doing in your country. Such a strong witness for the Lord Jesus. Uh, you know, the scripture said that... Uh, not many mighty, uh, not many prominent, you might say, not many big has God chosen. He's chosen uh, what people would call the, the small or not, not so recognized. There are some cities who are 20 million people and, you know, infrastructure in the billions, but they don't acknowledge God. And... Uh, uh, the, so then there's the presence of God is not in their city like it should be. And, and there's just so much evidence of evil. But when you've got, uh, hallelujah, a place like this, where many, almost every corner, somebody will say, I believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. It's an honor to the Lord. And he said, those that honor me, I will honor. Hallelujah. So I'm expecting that the more this country honors God, we will see the more he honors this country. Do you believe that? Yes. And when God honors a place, a people, a country, a family, a church with his presence, there comes provision, there comes increase, there comes prosperity, there comes healing, there comes peace. Hallelujah. Let's just thank the Lord for it right now. Let's just say thank you, Lord. As we honor you, you will honor us. With your presence, thank you, Lord. Help us to honor you more. And we thank you for honoring us with your goodness. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, we all agree together as touching this right now, asking you for utterance, asking you for the anointing. You know what we need to hear right now. We ask for the very words from the Holy Spirit. And for everyone to have ears that can hear it and hearts that can receive it, grant us answers to questions we are dealing with right now, direction and help, and that which will lift us up to the next place that you have for us. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to keep it and do it. And for every good thing that you will work in our life as a result, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you the praise, we'll tell everybody that'll listen that you did it. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Thank you, thank you guys. Don't we appreciate the good singing and play? Man, they sound so good. Harmonizing, wonderful. Somebody's been practicing. <laughs> thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'm, uh, I'm not just... Uh, saying it lightly that I am so blessed to be with you on these days. I don't know anywhere else in the world I'd rather be right now than with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. For the previous two mornings now, we've been on a subject, and I want to continue it. If you'd turn with me in the Scriptures to Colossians the fourth chapter, Colossians chapter 4, verse 
Colossians 4.17 says, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you fulfill it. Another translation says, uh, Be sure to finish the work the Lord gave you. Be sure to finish it. The New English translation says, see to it that you complete the ministry you received in the Lord. That you complete it. Why would, you, why would the Spirit of God tell someone and tell us, be sure that you complete your ministry? It's because you'll be tempted not to. If there was no reason to encourage you to complete it, he wouldn't have said it. You'll be tempted to be discouraged. You'll be tempted to become disillusioned. You'll be tempted to become weary because the enemy, we do have an enemy in this world, an adversary, the devil. And adversary means one who opposes one who resists. And uh, even though you know that you're called to do a work for him, teach and preach, pastor a church, start a ministry, help uh, in the ministry, you may start off so excited, but over a period of time, the enemy will try to wear you down and, and cause things to happen in your life so that you get to the point where you, you don't see the pointing going on and you get ready to quit. And it's sad that a lot of people have begun in the ministry only to quit later, sometimes a few years later, sometimes 10, 20 years later, but they get to the point where they quit. I, um, I went to school with people at Rama U.S. back 35 plus years ago that were so on fire and excited, like a lot of you, <laughs> right? That's a good place to say amen, amen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I know people right now, one was a, a good friend of mine, and we would study the Word of God. Sometimes, you know, we, we'd be in school all day, and then we would, uh, uh, after school, we would eat, and then study scriptures together and, and ask each other to quote verses. And, and uh, we were just so excited about the Word of God. Just couldn't get enough. And now, and, and, and the Lord used him in such a powerful way. And even to build a great church and even do other things. But last I heard, he had not been in the pulpit for 20 years. And I, I don't know, not even going to church. What happened? What happened? So we, uh, we looked in previous passages. We saw Martha and what happened to her. And uh, she was cumbered about much serving, or that's the same word for ministry. And the reason being is because she was trying to do ministry her way. She assumed what she should be doing instead of asking. Pride assumes. Humility asks. If she'd have just taken a moment and just asked the Lord what, should she be, what she should be doing that day, she could have saved herself all that frustration and anger and anxiety. So she tried to do ministry her own way. And you can't sustain that. You'll get so frustrated and tired and weary that you'll quit. And then also we saw the, the prodigal son and how that he came back and was so blessed so quickly and restored, but the elder son was bitter. Even though he had been there and been faithful with the father and not disobeying the father, yet he's not enjoying ministering with the father. Why? He keeps waiting on somebody to do something for him. Oh, come on, can you see this? Big mistake to think someone owes you something. To get your eyes on, you know, 
he accused the father. He said, uh, I've been with you all this time, and you never gave me anything. And it was a lie. It was a complete lie of the enemy. The father said, I know you're with me all the time. Everything I have is yours. He didn't realize he didn't have to be suffering every day. He could have been, joy, been enjoying the ministry. He could have had all his needs met. He could have had a fine robe. He could have had a ring. He could have been having a feast. But he wasn't. He was doing without. And he thought it was because the Lord wasn't doing it for him. But you cannot be passive. The life of faith is the life of laying hold. Of possessing God's possessions. Hallelujah. What God has given so graciously and so abundantly by grace must be possessed by faith. The scripture said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Oh, somebody say, lay hold, lay hold. I, I hear people, you know, you got to watch about phrases that people use in church. <laughs> A lot of common phrases are actually contrary to scripture. Here's one you have to watch out about. I hear people say, well, the main thing we need to do is just let go and let God. Let go and let God. Well, that sounds good, but what did that scripture say that we just quoted? Fight the good fight of faith. Do what? Let go. Huh? What? What? Let go. Well, what's the, is there any difference between letting go and laying hold? Yes. Huge difference. <laughs> yes, now when it comes to worrying and anxiety, yes, cast all your cares over on the Lord. You don't need to hold on to worry and care, but this idea of just being passive and doing nothing and waiting on God to do everything, you're going to do without. You're going to miss out because that's not how it works. He told us to lay hold. Believe that you receive. Hallelujah. Possess and lay hold of what he's given. The enemy will resist you. You got to be persistent. You got to go after it. Stay after it until you see it come to pass. And the Lord will surely cause you to triumph. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In talking today about this, I want to go on to a third thing. Are you okay? Do you have time? Yes. Hmm? Yes. That wasn't everybody. <laughs> One reason that people quit, whether it's serving the Lord or whether it's uh, helping in the ministry or even just going to church, is because they become disillusioned. They, they become disillusioned. What do I mean by that? The enemy is the master of deception. He's always trying to lie to you. And he never comes openly as the devil. He's very subtle, very crafty. He'll bring thoughts to you. He'll bring feelings to you. And it's, it's the enemy, but he doesn't want you to realize it's the enemy. What the scriptures say about the enemy Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, you don't wait till you see some creature with horns to resist, because the scripture says he transforms himself into an angel of light. One of the favorite tactics of the enemy is that he, he tries to disguise himself and pass himself off as God's messenger, that, that he's bringing you something that he's from God. And that's why you need to know the scriptures. That's why you need to know the spirit. So you won't be ignorant of his devices and you'll recognize him no matter where, how he's trying to come. But he is very subtle and very crafty. I, I know of a man right now I'm thinking of, uh, in, in so many ways a good man. He was very involved in his church and seemingly happy and the Lord gave him a ministry. He would begin on a regular basis. I think it was every week he would go to the local prison 
and speak to the men there and the Lord was using him and, and the men were being encouraged and, and people were being saved and helped. And then I hear after a few years of this, I, I hear he's not doing it anymore. And I asked somebody because I, I knew about him. I said, What's, why, why isn't he doing that? They said, well, he's not going to church either. I said, really? I said, what, what happened? And nobody knew. He wouldn't talk to anybody. And finally, it took almost a year. But his, his wife conveyed to someone what had happened. He, his mother got sick. And he prayed for his mother to be healed. And did what he knew to make confessions. And his mother didn't get healed. She didn't receive her healing. And it was immediately after that. He stopped his ministry, and he even stopped going to church. Can you see this? What happened? What was the big change? He became disillusioned with God and with the things of God. And uh, I'll just skip ahead a little bit and, and, and talk about exactly what happened. He wound up whether he called himself doing that or not, judging God unfaithful. Can you see this, friends? He, whether he said it out loud or not, he decided God did not come through for him when he needed him. That God let him down. God was unfaithful. And you'll have to decide for yourself, and, and you need to decide it before <laughs> You encounter a difficulty or a situation you don't understand. Is God faithful or is he not? You know, you, you'll find some people, even from that point, you know, they get, they're actually mad at God. They get hurt towards God. They get mad at God. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Where were you, God? Why didn't it happen? And, and so the enemy will immediately come and go, where was your God? Huh? Where was he? You were praying your heart out. You were doing everything you knew to believe. Now, there's some insight in that phrase. <laughs> you were doing what? Everything what? You knew. Hmm? Is there some stuff you don't know? Hmm? I know our, our father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, when he was a teenager, bedfast and given up to die, he said, he lay there at one point and said, Lord, I, I believe, and, and you know I believe. I don't care who would say I don't believe. I'm, I know I believe. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, yes, son, as far as you know. Oh, are you listening? Yes. As far as you know, yes. you're believing. But we don't know very far. Hmm? And we need to have some humility before God and don't just assume when something didn't happen that we wanted or that we needed, don't just immediately assume it was God's fault. How many understand that's, that's presumptuous? I mean, it didn't even occur to us that maybe we missed it somewhere? It's not even a possibility? That maybe we didn't know something, we didn't do something, but people immediately assume, no, no, God, God let me down. That's the enemy will tell you that. God let you down. And, and if, you, if you take that step and unhook from the Lord and unhook from his people and unhook from his word, it doesn't take long. If you're not getting fed, your spirit will grow weak and your faith will get weak. And it just gets darker and darker. And the enemy, will, he'll try to get you to the place to convince you there is no God. There is no God. And you will be in a terrible shape. Terrible place at that point. You got to decide. Is God faithful? Huh? Come on. Do you you got to make up your mind. Is he faithful? Romans says, yea, let God be true. And every man a liar, that you may be justified when you are condemned. That's talking about people 
condemning God. That's why it start, the verse starts off with God forbid. People condemning God? Yes. There's a lot of people on the planet. They shake their fist and they go, why God? Why? Well, if you do that in total ignorance and as a baby, the Lord has mercy. But especially when you know better and God has done many things for you, it's serious. It's serious for you to to shake a fist and go, why God? Why? Because you're not just asking a question. You're accusing. You're accusing the Father of being unfaithful. You're accusing him of not really loving you, like he said. You're accusing him of not, be, of not being there when you needed him. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> now, now, here's the thing. Go with me to Romans, if you would, the second chapter. Are you in a hurry this morning? <laughs> This is the last morning I'll be with you for a while, so uh, mind if I take my time? And <clears throat> Romans chapter 2, verse 1, I want you to notice something. This is real revelation here. All the Word of God is. Romans 2 And verse 1, it says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are, that judges. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judges do the same things. This man that I just referred to. And I care about this man. Don't you misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not judging him. I, I just hurt for him. The man I referred to that had the ministry in the prison and, and was so excited about church and quit because his mother didn't get healed. He, whether he wants to say it or not, he judged God unfaithful. But what really happened? God is faithful no matter what you think. Hmm? And just because someone else thinks he's not, it doesn't change him. He is the unchanging. He is the faithful God. Hallelujah. Who is faithful and gracious to those that love him to a thousand generations. Is it true? He will never forget what you or your father, or your grandfather, or grandmother did for him, he will never forget it. He is not unrighteous to forget. Hallelujah. I like that what you were saying, brother, about uh, the forefathers. And I like that phrase, man, that stuck with me when you said it the other day about the uh, individuals coming from, from this island and going to Vanuatu, and they said, If we don't return, send more. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't you like that? Oh, I like that. I like that. Didn't say, come get us. It said, (laughs) said, (laughs) send more. Send more. Why? Because the mission is more important than a single man or 20 men. Come on, are y'all with me or women? The mission is. Is more, we're only here in this life for just a short time. It's more important that the mission be accomplished than that we lived a few days or years longer. So I like that. Send more. Hallelujah. That's actually scriptural, isn't it? The Lord it said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would what? That he would send forth laborers into his harvest because he said the harvest is great. It's vast. And there are too many churches and too many preachers around. Huh? Some people think so, don't they? They think, oh, there's too many, too many churches on this island already. Now, too many preachers in the U.S. Too many. No, there's not. No, there's not. 
If everybody got saved and came in, there wouldn't be a fraction enough churches. There wouldn't be a fraction enough people to minister to them. No, we just need to, not everybody go for the same group. Be willing to go where other people haven't gone. Like what this ministry is doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. How did I get off into that? (laughs) This man that I mentioned to you that stopped going to church, I mean just stopped. Stopped his ministry, and it was a good ministry. He, He judged God unfaithful. But what happens when you judge? When you judge, what happens? You condemn yourself. Because when you judge, you that judges, you do what? You do the same thing that you're judging somebody else for in him judging God to be unfaithful to him what actually happened. He became unfaithful to God. He winds up being the unfaithful one and God hasn't changed. He is forever the faithful one. Can you see this, friend? You hear people say, well, I I tried that Christianity. I I tried that tithing. I I tried that praying. I tried that. The the scripture said concerning Joseph, you remember he had that dream and vision and and how that his, uh, he would be a ruler and and, and, but he, did, he wasn't for years and years. He went from bad to worse. He was sold as a slave. Then he was put in prison. He just going from bad. To, it looks like that vision's never coming to pass. But the Bible said he held on to it. Yeah. He held on to it. And the psalmist said, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. <laughs> did you hear that phrase? People say, I tried that and it didn't work. No, honey. It tried you, (laughs) and you quit. The Word didn't fail. You failed. God wasn't unfaithful. You became unfaithful. Come come on, can you see this? This is the great deception. The enemy, you know, what what arrogance, what pride it is to to shake your fist and stick out your chest and go, God's unfaithful. How ignorant. Right? When you should humble yourself. Hmm? And say, Father, I I don't understand this. But I know this. You are faithful. I I don't know why this didn't happen. But I know you didn't fail. (laughs) If anybody failed, it was us. Right? If anybody came short, it was us. But you didn't fail. And you didn't let us down. God has never Let anybody down. He's not going to start with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never let you down. He is the faithful God. Oh, somebody say faithful God. Faithful God. Faithful God. God. As a a boy, we, we lived in a rural area in the woods and hundreds of acres of undeveloped land, and I, uh, oh, when I was a boy, I thought I was Tarzan. <laughs> I had the yell, I could do the yell, and we had vines in the trees, I'd swing from the trees, almost killed myself because <laughs> those vines will break, you know, <laughs> and you'll fall and land, but uh, in doing so, I got, I got some poisonous plants on me, and it caused a severe reaction. And then it would come back ever so often. I'd just break out in these whelps and hives, and, and uh, I'd have to take medication and stay in the bed. And, and uh, all I knew about the scripture about Job is that he had boils. And, <laughs> and th- I thought, I'll read Job and see if I can find out anything. <laughs> Thank God, eventually. You know, that, that kept coming back on me every year. Uh, for years, through my teenage years, and even when I was first year at Ramah, I wasn't even around the woods. And a certain time of year, that came back on me. But when it did, this time I had learned something. I said, no, 
I said, no, in Jesus' name, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. It's things like this, part of the curse. I stood against it. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't think any more about it because but prior to that, you'd get ready to go to bed. You know, you'd be in the bed for days, but I didn't think about it. And about three days, I realized I don't have a spot. <laughs> Nothing had happened, and I hadn't had it since then. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I started reading the book of Job as a boy. And then as I got into the ministry, I was even more interested in it. And there was something there that I, I knew I wasn't seeing. And, and so after reading it several times, I wrote uh, by the title, Why? With a question mark. Because of the 42 chapters of Job, almost 40 chapters of it is why. Why? why? About chapter 3, Job opens his mouth and says, Why? Why was I born to see times like this? I wish I'd have never even been born. Why does this happen? Why does that happen? And then Job's three friends, right? For chapter after chapter, what are they dealing with? Why? Why? And, and especially why bad things happen. People say, well, to, to good people. Well, no, bad things happen to bad people too. Bad things happen all over the planet. Why? 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 So we got 40 chapters in eloquent speech. <laughs> All kind of illustrations and, and, and phrases and verbiage. But it all kind of is why? Why? Why did this happen? Why didn't God prevent this? Why did God let this? Why didn't this? And, and why? 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 And then God shows up in a whirlwind and speaks not through a person directly to Job and for two chapters God is talking and get this he doesn't answer the question <laughs> why he doesn't answer the question and that puzzled me because I'm thinking the big, the big thing is why? Why was able to, the devil able to do this? Why did all this happen to this good man? Why? Why? But the Lord asked Job, he said, were you there when I created the heavens and the earth? Do you understand how this works? Did you see how I did this? And for a whole chapter, Job's answer is no. Were you there? No. Do you understand this? No. Do you, <laughs> did you see this? No. Were you there? No. 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 And, and he said all that because he, he comes up to this. He said, so how are you going to disannul my judgment? You can't answer to God these very basic, simple questions. And yet, you've elevated yourself above my knowledge and judgment. And, and Job was mad at God. He was accusing God of being unjust and unfair. And Job, the Bible said, repented. He said, I've opened my mouth once and twice, but I'm done. I'm laying my hand on my mouth right now, and I repent in dust and ashes. And it was when he did that that everything turned around. Is that right? Everything turned around. He was delivered. He was healed. God gave him twice as much as what he had. And I finally saw it after decades. The big question is not why. There'll always be things you don't know why. In this life, there will always be things you don't know why. The big issue is what you do when you don't know why. Oh, come on. Do you see this? This is the acid test of faith. What I do when I don't know why. Hmm? Will I shake my fist? Will I get mad at God? Will I accuse the Almighty of being unfair and unjust? Or will I humble myself? Come on, let me tell you something that will get you through the worst places in life that can happen. You look up through your tears. You look up 
through your pain. And you say, Father, I don't understand this. And I don't know why this or why it didn't. But I know this. You're a good God. And I trust you. I trust you in life. I will trust you in death. I will say you are forever faithful, oh God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you if you'll do that, God will get you through. He will get you through. He will deliver you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will add to you. And later on, we'll understand a whole lot of things. Right now, we just know in part. Hallelujah. Look with me in the book of John. Thank you, Father. You believing with me? I've got a lot here. We're going to pare it down to just the right thing for right now. John 6 is a, a big chapter, and in it, it's tied together with, with Jesus feeding the multitudes, with the loaves and fishes being multiplied. And uh, after that happened, the crowds, and they were big crowds, there were tens of thousands and more. The crowds really intensely followed Jesus. And at one point he told them, he said, you're not here, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, because of other things. You're here because of the food. <laughs> because apparently they're thinking, wow, did you see what happened? There was just a little boy's lunch and it was supernaturally multiplied. We don't have to ever work again. We, we, don't, we don't have to farm. We don't have to fish. If somebody can just find a cracker and a, and, and a sardine, everybody can be fed. All we got to do is follow Jesus around. He said, no, no. Don't seek the natural bread. Seek that which comes from heaven. And he began to talk about the manna. And he began to say, Jesus is the bread from heaven. And he went into, uh, the, by the Spirit of God, and he said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And when he began to say that, it, uh, he lost the crowd. They thought, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Now, you've got to remember, this is Jesus. If people didn't always receive Jesus teaching and preaching, right. don't be shocked if they don't receive yours. Yeah. <laughs> huh? The servant's not above his master. Right. Right. Je Jesus didn't miss it this day. He didn't preach on something he shouldn't have preached on. Right. Right. And when the people begin to get upset and leave, he didn't say, oh, no, 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 come back, come back. <laughs> you misunderstood me. Let me explain myself. He did not do it. He let them go. Yeah. Why? Because there was a, a sifting and sorting because of what was revealed. In, in John 6 and 60, many therefore of his disciples when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Jesus, when he knew it in himself, that his disciples murmured. Now, who are these people? Disciples. They're not just people visiting the meeting. <laughs> right? They are, in their minds, disciples, which means a follower of Jesus. One who is in training to become like the master. They're disciples. And they said, who can hear this, this preaching he's doing? Jesus said, uh, does this offend you? <laughs> oh, you're offended, are you? <laughs> what if you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? I mean, you could say in some ways he's making it worse. Not really. But you understand what I mean by that? He He's not trying to pacify them. 
and chase them and go, oh, please, please, no, don't get upset. Don't, go, don't leave, don't leave. Come back. No, he's saying, oh, you're upset. <laughs> well, what if, I should, what if this happens? You won't understand that either. And they're going, no. He said, it's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. But there's some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Oh, friends. Let me keep reading. Therefore said I to you that no man can come to me except it were given to him of my father. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Did they quit? They quit. Now this is Jesus we're talking about. They quit him. How many? Didn't say a few. Many who were not just transient visitors, Disciples, they had, they had in their mind made a commitment to follow the Lord and be his disciple and become like him. But on this day, over one message, are y'all listening? Over one message that Jesus preached that they did not understand, they said, I can't go along with this. And so I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Take my name off of the list, the mail list. Take my name off of the church roster. I'm not coming to any more meetings. And a thousand others said the same thing, and they all left. It was such an exodus that Jesus turned to his immediate staff and said to the 12, are you leaving too? <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what kind of day it was. There was such an exodus of people leaving. And, and, and the indication here is that they left not to return. They did not come back. And he said, are you leaving too? And uh, Peter, who often got it wrong, <laughs> today got it right. <laughs> Which is a good encouragement. If you get it wrong, don't give up. Don't, don't quit. Just keep, keep being ready to speak up. And he said, Simon Peter said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and we're sure that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That previous verse said, the Lord knew there were some that didn't believe. Yeah. See, here's the thing. They never were committed. The people that left that day, they never were persuaded. And this situation revealed it, showed it. Come on, can you see this, friends? A lot of people are along for the ride as long as it's comfortable. Is that right? As long as it's benefiting them, right? As long as they're in full agreement with everything, as long as they understand everything. But the Lord allows some things that you don't understand because it's only then that you have the true opportunity for demonstrating real faith. Hmm? If you bail the first time you don't understand something, you never were committed. You never were convinced. You never were persuaded. But if you're persuaded, no matter how rough the ride gets, no matter how much you don't understand, you're not going anywhere. Is that right? You made up your mind before you started this thing. God's faithful. He's a good God. Jesus is the King of kings and Savior. Where else would you go? There is nowhere else to go but away from life and away from truth. I'm not going anywhere. How many made up your mind? I'm not going anywhere. The Lord's already committed to me. He's never leaving me. He's never forsaken me. Have you committed to him? I'm never leaving you. 
I'm never forsaking you. He is faithful. He's demonstrated his faithfulness. He's not the one being tried here. We're the ones need to demonstrate our faithfulness to him who is always faithful. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise God. Praise God, praise God. I've got a little bit more. Do you have time? Or, yes. Hmm? <laughs> uh, go with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew 26. First John 2, while you're turning there, another confirmation of what I just mentioned to you. John said that people left them. John the apostle. He said people left him in 1 John 2. He said out of us they went forth. They were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. <laughs> can, can you see that? But, in other words, but they left that it might be manifested that they were not of us. What does that mean? Even though they were with us for a while, they never were really a part of us. And when the opportunity arose that they didn't understand something, they immediately were offended, they quit, they left. Hmm? But all that did was reveal they never really were hooked. Never really were apart. And that's what's happening throughout the earth. Is a lot of people are quick to believe. You remember in the parable of the sower. On one occasion in the shallow ground. That uh, seed, the word was received. And immediately, you know, there was some joy. But when persecution came. Remember that? For the word, immediately they were offended. And they quit. They gave up. No, it's not God who's on trial. It's not his word that's being tried. It's not his faithfulness. It's not his goodness. Forever his word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven, earth, and hell that knows anything about it knows he is the good God, the faithful God that keeps covenant for a thousand generations of those that love him. He's got nothing to prove. He's proven it. It's us. It must stay hooked. Hallelujah. Even when we're tried. You'll see in this situation we're looking at right now in Matthew 26. This is the case of Peter. And what happened with Peter when Jesus was taken to be scourged and crucified. Did he have a lapse? Did Peter have a failure at this juncture? He did. And it's recorded so that you and I can learn from it and not have a similar failure. In uh, Matthew 26, 31, Jesus said to them, All of you shall be offended because of me this night. For it's written, I'll smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I'm risen again, I'll go before you to Galilee. Now you got to put yourself in their place. It'd be like the master standing in here today, looking at you and saying, tomorrow, every one of you are going to leave me. What would we say? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? we say, no. No. So what did they say? Peter answered and said, though all men shall be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Now you're laughing, but Peter didn't know the rest of the book of Matthew. He, he didn't have the advantage of seeing what you see, right? None of that had happened. He's just like, no. 
I don't care if all men, not just the 12 here, if everybody's offended at you, I will never be, never be, never be. Now, now why are you laughing? Because you know in, in what was it, 24 hours? He was denying that he knew the Lord. How can that happen? You're so adamant. Hmm? That's why I've been preaching to you for three mornings. Right? That you fulfill your ministry. Don't assume. Oh, yeah, I'm thrilled. Everything's great. Yeah, you're young. You're starting. Right? There's a lot of road ahead of you. The scripture said, uh, don't let him that's putting his sword on boast like him who's taking it off. <laughs> what does that mean? You're putting your sword on, you're getting ready to go to battle. Don't brag like you've won the battle. You hadn't done anything yet. You're just getting ready to go, right? <laughs> so don't, when you're putting your sword on, don't brag like you've just won the battle and you're taking it off. A lot of folks here, you just now buckled your sword. <laughs> you just now tied your shoes. <laughs> you hadn't gone anywhere yet. You hadn't, you hadn't, hadn't had a, a battle that you've won yet or, or a big one. or You hadn't built that church. You hadn't started that ministry. You hadn't had people not like your preaching and leave your church. Come on here with me. And you prayed and it didn't work out like you wanted it to. Come on here with me. You there's a lot ahead of you and so much good, so much good, but there are some times that you may cry. <laughs> no, you will cry <laughs> and your heart will hurt and you'll go, Lord, but you, you must have already settled it in your heart. Before you ever take another step forward, God is faithful. Come on, somebody say it out loud. God, my God, no matter what I see, I don't see, understand, don't understand, whatever happens or doesn't happen, I'm not going to unhook from my God. I'm not going to accuse my good father of being unfaithful. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Peter said, I don't care if everybody does. I will never be offended. This is pride. And it's the ignorance of spiritual youth. If the Lord looks at you, <laughs> his eyes rest on yours. And he says, in 24 hours, you will deny that you even know me. What do you do? Come on, help me out. You're wrong, Lord. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I know Peter meant well, but that's the wrong response. You need to show some humility. You say, Master, Master, how, how can I not do this? Right? How can I prevent this? And just a little bit later, he told him, he said, watch and pray. So you don't enter into temptation. Come on, can you see this? He was helping them, but, but what were they doing instead of praying? <laughs> right? <laughs> there's a time to sleep, but there's a time not to sleep. There's a time, right? In class is not time to sleep. Right? No. <laughs> Now, why'd you laugh so much? <laughs> Have you had more sleeping since the air conditioning? Oh, it's nice and cool. <laughs> but no, he, he said, no, 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 no. Jesus said, verse 34, verily, I say to you, this night before the cock crow, you'll deny me three times. Peter's not getting it yet. He said, though I would die with you, <laughs> yet I will not deny you. And all, the rest of the disciples said, that's right, that's right. Us too. <laughs> we will never 
We will never deny you. Why is this recorded? Is there a lesson for us to learn here? Hmm? If we're not going to fail like they failed, it won't be because we just ignored it. It's but because we learned from this and we did something differently. And I believe Peter, I believe he meant it in his heart. Because when they came to get Jesus, what did he do? He's a fisherman. He's not, he's not a warrior, but he whips out his sword. Is that right? He goes to slicing and dicing. <laughs> and I think he meant to cut off the guy's head, but all he did was cut his ear off and make him mad. <laughs> and finally Jesus said, no, put your sword up. You're going to hurt somebody. Put your sword up. Because they that live by the sword die by the sword. And here is where what none of them expected happened. Peter looked at Jesus. He thought, he's not going to fight. And they grabbed, you know, they said, he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus. He said, I'm he. They all fell to the ground. And I'm sure they all thought, yeah, yeah, we're going to show them now. (laughs) (laughs) And then they got up. And Jesus said, uh, he said, this is the hour of darkness, and the scripture must be fulfilled. And he said, if you've come for me, let these go. And they grabbed him, and they started taking him away, and the disciples looked at each other. They could not believe that this is happening. Never in a thousand years did they, they've seen the power of God. They just saw all the guards fall on the ground, helpless. They could not believe that it was going to go this way. They looked at each other. He's really going to let them take him. And, and, and fear hit them and panic hit them. The devil said, you're all going to die. You're all going to die right here tonight. And they ran. Every one of them ran away just like Jesus foretold. Why? Because of a situation they had not foreseen. Because of a scenario they had never imagined. Because of things they did not understand. Oh, come on, can you see this? That's when the enemy tries to hit you. When you don't understand and they panicked and they let fear in and they ran after they got away John boy he's a hero isn't he John he uh, he went right to the uh, right into the high priest am I saying the right name and uh, all the rest of them stood out there Hallelujah. And he said, uh, behold your mother, you know. Took her home with him. But the rest of them are out there scared. And finally, Peter dares to come closer to the fire. And somebody looks at him and they heard him say something. They recognize his accent. They said, you're Galilean. He said, no, I'm not. They said, you sure you are. Listen to the way you talk. He said, no. Another one said, you're one of his disciples. And hours ago, so adamantly, I will never deny you. I will never be offended. He said, I don't know him. I don't know him. It's in times when you don't know that your faith is tried the most. It's in times when you don't understand. It's in scenarios that you never imagined happening. Things that you can't foresee right now. Which is why you can't be completely prepared for it. Except your heart can be ready. That you have made this foundational pillar in your heart and mind. I will trust him no matter what. Hallelujah. I will believe in him, his justice, 
his fairness, his goodness. Hallelujah. I know there's been times I've prayed for people and believed with everything I knew, and it didn't turn out the way that it should have. And it was sad, and it hurt your heart. But sometimes years later, I learned things, and I thought, oh, no wonder. I just didn't see it then. I'm convinced that for the first hundred years after we get to heaven, <laughs> at least, ever so often you'll stop and go, oh, oh, no wonder, right? <laughs> no wonder that's the way that happened when I was on earth. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. But right now, we don't see it. We see through a glass darkly. Right? Like a blurred image. But soon and very soon, we'll see face to face. Oh, hallelujah. And in the glory of the face of the Lord Jesus, it'll all come clear. Hallelujah. And this you will know. I assure you, every situation that bothered your heart or puzzled your mind, every one of them will come clear to you and you'll go, oh Lord, you were more merciful than I would have asked you to be. You were more gracious. I didn't understand. They didn't understand. But seeing it now, faithful. Faithful. You were always faithful, merciful, good, kind. And anybody that says otherwise are a liar. Let God be true. And every man a liar. The devil's a known liar and the father of it. I will trust him no matter what I see. I will trust him no matter what doesn't happen. I will trust him in every situation. Thank God with Peter, even though he failed, that third time he denied and cursed and said, I don't know who you're talking about, woman. And the, the rooster crowed. He thought, oh, oh, I did it. I did it. And he turned. And, and supernaturally, Jesus turned, even though he was way over there in the mock trial, he turned and looked at Peter. And oh, Peter was overwhelmed. He ran out of there and he cried and he cried and he cried. I'm sure he thought the world had come to an end. He thought, what did I do? I stood up there and bragged about how I'd never deny the Lord and I've done it. I've done it. Oh, but friend, just a few days later, hallelujah, <laughs> the Lord appeared to them after he's risen from the dead. He said, go tell the disciples and Peter. <laughs> what? Why say that? Well, Peter had denied him. He said, I'm not one. But Jesus showed up. And after some other things, he said, Peter, come here. <laughs> what do you think Peter was doing? He's going, oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he said, Peter, do you love me? I'm sure at this point, Peter's probably thinking, do I? I mean, you, you tell me. I mean, I was, I was so adamant last time. And, uh, how many think he's found some humility through all of this? He, he said, I, I do, Lord. You know. You know. He said, then uh, feed my lambs. And he turned again. He said, Peter? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? He thought, oh, he's asking again. <laughs> he said, yes, Lord, you know. I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Notice there's an expectation he's going to do it because how do lambs become sheep? They get fed. They grow up. Hallelujah. And even though Peter... Stood out there on that dark night in fear, cursed, and disavowed the Lord. Cried his heart out, was so bitter, was so lost. 
Not too many days later, his confidence is all returned. Come on, are you with me? He knows the Lord loves him in spite of his failure. And he knows he's made the commitment, I love him. And I'm going to do what he said. And on the day of Pentecost, he stands out there bold as a lion. He preaches like a house of fire. Hallelujah. Thousands of people come into the church and get saved. How many know, even though you did quit, you don't have to stay quit. Oh, come on. Even though you did fail, you don't have to stay failed. You can come back to the Lord and be stronger than you ever were. You can learn from your mistakes and humble yourself and have greater grace than ever. Hallelujah. And be an inspiration. You know, Jesus, even, he even foretold this and said this. He looked at Peter before all of this happened. And he said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, boy. <laughs> I've prayed for you. And you're going to make it. When you're converted. Not if. When you get straightened out from this, strengthen your brothers. Hallelujah. Even though the enemy meant it for total destruction and failure, God can take, if you'll repent, what was a weakness of yours and make it a strength. Hallelujah. So that even though you weren't there and you failed in a time of crisis, you can overcome it so far that you can help others from making the same mistakes that you made. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How many in here would lift up a hand and say with all sincerity, I call the Almighty faithful. Come on, stand on your feet, everybody. Say, I call the Lord faithful. Faithful. Faithful are you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands, everybody. Focus on him for a few moments. Focus on him. Focus on him. Hallelujah. Let me lead you in this prayer. Close your eyes. Don't look at me. Don't be looking around. Focus on him. Said out loud, Father, forgive me for ever questioning you. Forgive me for any time I entertained any doubts or any questions about your goodness or your grace or your faithfulness or your mercy. I set my heart, I set my face to trust you. Hallelujah. I will trust you in life. I will trust you in death. I will trust you no matter what happens. No matter what doesn't happen, no matter what I understand or what I don't understand, I call you faithful. Faithful. Faithful are you. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.